Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. We're coming to you from sunny Melbourne, where, spoilers, it's not sunny. Uh, It sucks today. It does. It's kind of nasty. It's like, it's also kind of humid, too. It's not even cold. It's humid. I think Cal doesn't like it. He's been like, I mean, he normally sleeps all day, but he's been sleeping extra hard today. Yeah, I took a week off work and I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to get a chance to go do a whole bunch of jobs and chores. I've done none of those because the last two days they've been telling us this rain was going to come through. So yeah. I'm like, don't bother starting anything. So yeah. I did it. And now I've just wasted 48 hours. Well, I've, I've got like, I'm, I'm in the, I'm just at the end of my uh, time off work and I've gotten some good stuff done. I've cleaned out the back bedroom, which was just basically a ridiculous forest of all of my Superman suits and you couldn't walk on the floor. Um, I've gotten some extra YouTube videos done. So I've gotten some good stuff done, but most of my stuff had to do with, well, just by nature, why I'm off from work had to be inside, but yeah. So congratulations. This is your final day of quarantine. I believe Indeed. as long as my test doesn't come back positive, which I can't imagine it will. Cause I don't, I'm not that it's impossible to be asymptomatic, but, uh, you just kind of, when you're, when you know, you know, I think, um, yep. Not to not to jinx it, but yeah. So I get to leave the house hopefully tomorrow. And when, when you went and got your final test today, did you just go to one of those normal drive-through places? Did you have to give anything special because you were coming out of quarantine, or was there a special little velvet rope for you? Or no, no, it was just um, you know, it's just part of the questionnaire. Uh, have you been at a COVID site in the last two weeks? Yes, I was at a tier mm-hmm. one site. Okay, um, were you were you present? at the time that the infected was there, like he's a walking dead person. <laughs> um, yes, I was. Uh, and there you we go. We call the so. infected Gary. He has a name, but it's Gary. That's it's Gary. Right. It's not um, actually Gary, is, is it? No, it's not. Actually, hold that thought. Uh, dramatic tension. My door just rang. Hold on. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So Andrew is disappearing right now, audiences. Um, this is funny, like, because one of the things that we've been talking a lot about over the last couple of weeks, obviously, is COVID. But Andrew's the first person I've had a chance to talk to who's actually been behind the scenes of needing to do the whole quarantine thing. The rest of us kind of see it as this theoretical, oh, some people have it. And when you have it, you know everything about it. And when you don't have it, you know nothing about it. And, you know, I've kind of been reading what you read in the newspaper, but Andrew's my guinea pig to actually learn what does actually happen when you go through this stuff. Because apart from going to a drive-through COVID test and having an earbud stuck up my nose a couple of times, I haven't really experienced it as much as he has. And he's back. Hey, I'm so glad you were talking because you know that I don't like to go in and edit things. So I didn't want to edit any dead space. And plus there's, you know, there's at least three insults there that you weren't there for. You can go back and listen to. It's going to be a wonderful surprise when I put that out. Yeah, that was, um, (laughs) that was the postman. Um, it's a, it's a, I got something that's going to help me do another YouTube video. I got like a McFarlane. Uh, I've, I've been ordering the McFarlane Zack Snyder Justice League figures. Um, nice Batman mug, by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, and yes. that should be my resurrection suit, Superman. Awesome. Congratulations. So so what's it been like for the last two weeks? Like when you were going into quarantine, we spoke about how your training was going to be uh, curtailed. Host post. What have you done over the last 13 days of quarantine? Yeah, do you know what? It was just, um, I just basically have been really making sure that I stay consistent because I'm now coming from a place where even if it was only for a few weeks, it was still, I was working uh, a lot of activity where I work, a lot of physical activity. So doing that and then going from that to nothing 
uh, can be hard, even if even if it's just, you know, a few weeks. Um, so I've been really staying consistent. So I'm kind of back to because I'm, I'm delaying my long distance runs a little bit. I'm kind of back to where I was maybe six, seven months ago where, you know, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll do uh, some kind of some kind of either um, 15 to 20 minutes sort of steady state run or like an interval run no longer than 15, 20 minutes just to get the just to get the wheels moving, you know, always on an empty stomach tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably do a little yeah, bit how are you longer. Gonna celebrate tomorrow. You're going to go out for a, an actual run I, I think, outside. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I really like my Fridays to be sort of a sort of longer, a little bit longer, not a long run, but longer, a little bit of speed work. So um, I'll probably do that outside tomorrow. If it's not raining because mm. you know, I'm precious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've been doing that. I've been keeping up with my weight training, which with my weights, of course, it's, I mean, this is just, this is what I've been doing since gyms have been closed. Anyway, it's of course a lot of maintenance just because I don't have the variety that I have, but still, you know, still working well. I made sure that I, I kind of took some calories out during my day, yeah. uh, just because I was probably taking about 20, 25,000 steps on days that I was working, not to mention carrying everything and, and doing this and that. Whereas now I'm I'm making sure that I get to at least 10,000 steps a day just to. How? Is this all treadmill work you're doing? Because mostly. I find it really hard. It when really I'm just stuck is. In the house. It's a real, like, I can get to five, 6,000 steps, no problem. But mm. getting that extra four or 5,000 steps is hard. It's, yeah. you know, it's, I'll, I'll just, it just means I'll, I'll get on the treadmill and go for a walk for 10, 15 minutes a couple times a day. Or, mm. you know, whenever I'm doing any kind of work or editing on my phone. Uh, I might just walk around the house and pay attention to that. I walk into walls constantly. Um, so that's a lot of fun. But yeah, so I'm just trying to keep as active as I can. So, you know, stuff like cleaning out the back bedroom, it's just, whilst tedious, it's just, it's nice to keep active that way. So yeah, it's a really, it's a really good thing to do. Um, I went away for a bit then. I missed I thought you might have, which is yeah. weird because we haven't had that problem in a long time. I feel like this is the weather. It's the weather. I'm blaming the weather this time. Yeah. Um, I was actually talking to someone just before or this morning. Um, he was telling me he did. He had it. We were just talking about um, stuff that we've been doing during lockdown. He was mm. telling me he did a bit of a lifestyle change um, with his diet and everything. And he racked up, get this, 510 straight days of 20,000 steps every day. Holy crap. I know. That's a lot of steps. It's a year and a half. Yeah, ever since COVID lockdowns all started happening, he went, right, I'm doing 20,000 steps. And so he's at about 510 days straight at the that's moment. A, that's amazing. That's like the equivalent of doing pretty much a 20 kilometer run every day. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He, he, he walks. So it's a little less than a meter every one of his steps. And so he's yeah. doing about 17 to 18 Ks of walking a day. That's nice. And he's, he says it's completely transformed his life. Um, it would. I mean, type one diabet diabetic. Yeah. It's helped with that along with some diet changes he's made. And it's just, he said it's astonishing. He can't think about not doing it now. No. Well, it is amazing. Like, it is amazing. If you're somebody who doesn't like to run, but you're trying to figure out how to get in shape or fit. I mean, obviously there's so many different ways of doing cardio and getting in yeah. shape and just running. But if you don't like that stuff, you just up your steps to 10, 15, 20,000 steps a day, maybe not every day for a year and a half, but at least four out of seven days, you're going to see a significant dis uh, difference. Cause just do it. Like if you can do it like an experiment, right? Like 
you go, if you, not that these are the most accurate, but they give you a ballpark. You look at your garment on a day where you do absolutely nothing. Maybe you burn, for argument's sake, we say 2000 calories just to be B. Round. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas if you take 20,000 steps, you're probably going to be burning, I'd say at least 3000 calories. Yeah. Uh, it's an extra thousand calories just by getting a lot of steps in, which don't get me wrong, everybody, 20,000 steps is a, is a, is not easy to do, mm. but it's certainly possible. Um, yeah. You know, he, he was talking to me about how he really used to set some boundaries with his working life. And so he was like, in the morning, I'm doing my walk to get ready for work. And then I'm actually going to walk every day at lunchtime. And then I'm going to use it to end my day as well. So he yeah. really used it to get that because a lot of us have been struggling with the work life balance with all this working from home stuff. He used yeah. it to really set starts and stops and breaks in his day. That's um, great. Yeah. So sort of double benefit there, the health benefit and also uh, the work life benefit as well. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really yeah. awesome. And really, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, especially if you're working from home, you know, every 20, 30 minutes or so get up and take, just take 500 steps or a hundred steps or a couple hundred steps, just something. Um, and it just gets you going. Cause of course, much better than just being sedentary. Yeah. I've, what I've been doing, cause I've been coming back from that planter. So my podiatrist has been on me to always be stretching. So now every time I walk through a doorway, I stop when I do a stretch and a little bit of a strengthening oh, nice. exercise against it. Yeah. Um, so just to make sure that I'm sort of, you know, that's my, I find it very hard to go in and out of this room I'm in without actually pressing up against the doorway and like stretching up this left foot and everything. It becomes a bit of a routine. And once, once, once you build a routine, then it becomes hard to break it. That's right. It only takes, great. I mean, it takes two to four weeks to build a routine, mm -hmm. really, you know, six to eight weeks to really, really build it. But two to four weeks of doing something consistently and all of a sudden, you're finding yourself looking forward to doing that thing. Like, yeah. and especially if you're somebody who's been there before already, like, I mean, simple. If I take me for uh, an example, getting up and doing my 15, 20 minutes of cardio every day took me like a week and a half to get, because with my, when I was doing my long distance running, I wasn't necessarily running every day. And I certainly mm -hmm. wasn't running on an empty stomach all the time. Um, my long runs, I were, but like throughout the week, I'd probably, depending on what time I felt like running. But now, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is I'm up and I built that habit. So now it's, it's exactly that you get to the yeah. point where it's like, it doesn't feel right if you don't do it. Yeah. Um, so it kind of forces you, you want to be careful not to get addicted or obsessed, but mm -hmm. you know, there's yeah. that fine line, of course. It is weird how, cause, cause I, because I've been on leave for this week, I sort of went right starting from last Friday, I'm going to get into the habit of, you know, because I've got more time to recover during the day, I was mm -hmm. like, right, I'm going to up my running whilst I'm on leave. Sure. Uh, and so I had my biggest week of running in months um, over the last seven days or so. Like I got back up to like 110 Ks Amazing. For, the, for the last seven days or so. But today I made sure to take my recovery day. Because yesterday I was just feeling that little bit sore and that little bit run down and the weather helped, obviously, but I just needed to make sure I took my recovery day today. And I also went and got my, I don't know if you can I see on my screen literally here. literally just about to say, did you get your second jab? Today? I went and got my second jab. So I got my second vaccination today. So they were all like, oh, you're probably going to feel terrible afterwards and headaches and fevers, nothing. Nothing. I swear I got saline both times. Right. Um, yeah. There's or they, they left the microchip out. I don't know uh, what it was. Well, I'll um, be interested to see how you go because I have mine uh, in a few weeks. And actually, as of Monday, 
they're going to make it so that you can get it three weeks apart as opposed yeah, to Yeah, so weeks. really, really close to each other. Yeah. yeah. So so I had my, I knew I was getting the vaccine today. So I was like, right, I'm banking on a rest day today. Today's just going to be a complete rest day. And then tomorrow I'll try and get back into something more intervally and uh, back to like maybe a couple of longer runs back to back on the weekend. But, Brave. but I'm, feel, I'm feeling tomorrow really should good. probably be the day that it hits you harder. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I'm feeling really good. Like, you know, go back, listeners, and listen to how I was talking and how I was feeling back in July when my foot was at its worst. I mean, I think I shot you a message over the last day or so that said, I think I'm back. I you feel did. like I'm you did. back. And you sent me the screenshot of your weekly uh, kilometerage. And I was yeah. like, yeah, because you're right. Like a few months ago, it was kind of like a different Zach. It was kind of like mm-hmm. a Zach who wasn't excited about running, who wasn't no. really excited about it was kind of like a, it was like, um, it was like a, like a, I don't know, just a yeah. pet cemetery, I'm, Zach. Exactly. I mean, I think I would have been, if, if, what is it now? Today's Thursday, the 30th of September, not this weekend, but next weekend is technically when I was meant to be doing Oxfam and Melbourne Marathon all on the one weekend. Right. I'm definitely not ready. Like there's no way I could do, um, I, you know, I could probably do Oxfam. I could probably I mean, do the 100 For the normal but, human being, a mm-hmm. 100K mm-hmm. week is marathon ready you'd be you'd be i mean you'd be yeah papering now true true yeah so i mean for for a, someone who's not as obsessed with their preparation for a marathon like i am you'd sit there and you go well i did 110 k's i can surely run a marathon mm-hmm. i just know that right now i couldn't quote unquote run a marathon i could finish a marathon so but it would your, probably what's what's been your longest uh training run so uh, only about 25 k's or so okay, so i think yeah so I did a 25k run last weekend, uh, and I've done one of them. So if I needed to go do like a an Oxfam, an Oxfam was going to be different because Oxfams with three other people, you're walking a lot, you're talking. It's just the camaraderie that gets you through. Yeah. So I feel like I could have done Oxfam no problem at this point. I don't think I could do a 100k run as a solo person right now. I don't think that would be possible. I need a little bit longer to get ready for that, yeah. and that's what I'm working towards. And then with Melbourne. I mean, I said it last week, my time's so slow at the moment. I'm just trying to claw back anything like in the low fives for pace um, as my tempo. I'm trying to get back to that like once or twice a week just to try and get some speed back because mm. I go out there and my body is just in this groove at the moment of 555 kilometers. What's like your I heart just, rate like when you're out there? Do you know? Not too bad, 150, something like that. So okay. fairly controlled, fairly steady. It's my, my body's not working. I just can't go any faster. Mm. I don't know what it is. I just got to try and that's that's realistically between now and December when my next couple of events are. That's well, what I'm going to be doing is trying to also, break through the speed barrier. Have you uh, have you been doing a lot of strength training lately? Or? No, my strength training also really backed off with yeah. with the lockdown and everything. Could be. Um, I was actually talking to my gym the other day because the really COVID, I didn't know inanimate objects could speak. Well, no, his name's Jim. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look at that. Showed you, didn't I? Huh? <laughs> Touche. Um, no, well I was talking to uh, Strong Liz as opposed to Wife Liz. Strong Liz from the gym. Um, I was chatting with her about what's the deal with us getting back into gyms here in Victoria. And yeah. it looks like it's going to be at least until early November That's what before we can get back into gyms. You can go train outdoors now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's really hard to do deadlifts. Yeah. Imagine, imagine having to go train with power lifters outside. You'd Lift be so leisure. tired. Yeah, you'd be so tired from carrying everything into the car park. Yeah, yeah, to do that the would training. be your training. That would be your training. You kind of um, like need three shifts. You guys carry it out there. You people work outside, and then you people carry it back in, and that's how we'll do three sh- shifts of strength training. I don't think you can say you people anymore. Um, 
um yeah i mean obviously outdoor training is great for a lot of people but for me it's like i've never been really great with that it's i i just i miss my going to the gym and just like pushing yeah pushing around the iron man yeah but um yeah. You're not a big muscle beach guy. You wouldn't be down at Venice Beach. Just oh, no, I mean, like that kind of outdoor stuff. Sure. Like I could do that mm. because there's weights there. But yeah. also I probably wouldn't train at Venice Beach because definitely um, tetanus. Um, <laughs> but but like the kind of it's interesting. The stuff that most outdoor people or outdoor trainers do is probably the stuff that I would benefit from the most in terms of something, yeah. something like Spartan. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to get back into the gym. It's. it's it was interesting because um, Strong Liz from my gym was telling me that they've actually been open for some of their people because some of their people are competing in national events. And okay. so this is something I didn't realize is that yes, gyms have been closed for us normies, but if you're like training to compete in a national event, um, you've actually been eligible to go and get training done. Now, you know, very very strict guidelines, yeah. around masks and quantity dose density limits and all that sort of stuff um but yeah there have been some you know more elite athletes than us sure. still continuing to train yeah i feel like that makes yeah that makes sense because i mean i guess um i don't know i i don't know how i feel about that i guess it makes mm. sense if you're doing a training for a, an event but i, I mean, guess it, melbourne marathon's a national event isn't it yeah but could i let's be honest that's not going yeah ahead. well that's that's a good point yeah you are training for a national event so why can't you get into the gym so what are the i wonder the guidelines I think, there i think the guideline would have to be okay you're training for a national event where are you likely to finish in that national event and if the number is well somewhere in the top one and a half thousand uh, you're probably not training training for a national event that's if I racist like, oh if I, get it <laughs> if i was possibly training for top 20 Reason. Okay, maybe I could see the angle, but you know, well, me training for yeah. I mean, top twenty. What's the demographic? Top twenty people who wear glasses. Top twenty people who have a shaved head. Top twenty people who have gotten their jab on the thirtieth of the ninth. Possibly, I could be top twenty for that. You never know. Yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, so uh, that's kind of some of the stuff that's going on. I, I just, you know, we're so close. I think I read today that in Australia we are fifty percent of people sixteen and above have had two doses now. Awesome. Um, which is great. So clawing back slowly but steadily, go get the jab, people. Go get yeah. vaccinated. If not yeah. for you, for the rest of us, as Andrew oh, well, said. That's right. I mean, yeah. we still have obviously people doing the wrong thing. We, we've woken up this morning to our highest uh, and oh. I think record. So A, the highest number that we've had since the beginning and B, the uh, record increase sort of jump increase that's where 600 cases more today than yesterday was it like 1450 something yeah correct last yesterday we were at like 800 odd cases and today mm -hmm. we were just shy of 1500 and now dan andrews of course has come on and said it's because of all the people doing the illegal things about the uh, football. around football and i gotta tell day. you it's it's hard for these people to get caught because there was a party down <laughs> the street for me every weekend almost in the past few months and i i called the cops a few times about it, not only because A, they're breaking COVID restrictions, B, uh, it is- They're waving it in your face. Yeah, well, it's like one thirty in the morning and you're blasting music that is loud enough to be heard in Cambodia. Mm. Um, like, and the police have done nothing. So I'm like, what? I mean, I get it. They have more important things to do. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so they're saying that all these people from the protests are also testing positive, which yeah. I don't- this is where um, 
Now, you know, I'm not really big into conspiracies, but this is where I kind of think. Lizard people? Well, I I don't know that the people who are at these protests are the type of people not to be uh, protestist. um, Not getting tested. Right. I don't think that that's the case. So, like, where are these numbers actually coming from? I don't doubt the numbers. I just don't know that sometimes it's so truthful of where the numbers are coming from. I'm kind of at a point now where it's like, it's so hard to keep the lies straight. Honesty <laughs> is the best policy. Like, yeah. that's what I find. Like, whenever whenever someone, we have conversations at this in a work setting and someone's like, oh, okay, you were really upfront about that. I'm like, it's a lot easier to be upfront. Like, I can barely remember the truth. If I'm also trying to remember lies as well, yeah. no, that's I'd just rather, not going to work. So how it is. I feel like the state government at this point, 500 odd days in, is like, we're just going to tell the truth. If people are telling us that they caught it at grand final parties, then they caught it at grand final mm. parties. Because they remember when they tried to cover up hotel quarantine last year? Mm. And They're that didn't go so now. well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I would love to get into the mind of someone who attends, and not to attack them or anything, maybe a little bit, but, <laughs> but not really, but into the mind of somebody who's gone to a protest. And then what goes through their mind to make them think, I'm going to go get tested. Like, yeah. why would you, I'm not saying that people at protests don't believe in COVID or anything, but they obviously are not so concerned about it that they want to continue the lockdown. And I get that, that it, that's a really black and white way of looking at it. I get yeah. that there's a lot more into it than that, mental health, all that stuff. But I would just love to know, like, say one of the construction workers who was there goes to this protest and from what we've seen if they were really construction workers and of Mm. course the construction workers that were there were such a small percentage of the construction workers in victoria um what goes through your mind hey you went to this protest this pissed off but then all of a sudden you got a little bit sick why why the choice to go and sort of validate covid yeah, it is interesting. It's funny. I was, I was, um, because the National Basketball Association in America is coming back in about a month's time, and so the last couple of days they've been doing uh, media availability, where they've been talking to all the players and all the coaches, and ninety uh, percent of the players in the NBA have been vaccinated, mm. but of course the focus was on the ten percent who haven't been vaccinated and their reasons for not being vaccinated and stuff like that. And it was really interesting is that some of the people or some of the players were just saying, I don't want to disclose my vaccination status because it's a matter of privacy. But you're also talking about, you know, professional sports athletes who the second they have a little bit of an injury or a little bit of a tweak, we're Mm -hmm. told that it's a left abductor muscle or it's a right meniscus and they're going to this doctor to get operated and their procedure will be six to eight weeks. Like they're so completely transparent with everything they normally do from a medical perspective. Now that it's about vaccinations, they want to be completely private. And I'm like, you're talking about multi-million dollar athletes who run up and down a court in tiny little shorts and and singlets in front of us, 82 games a season. There's nowhere to hide normally folks my god cal just is having a dream apparently and just wagged his tail really hard it sounded like i heard that yeah Yeah. right yes (laughs) um the reason i think that this is happening right now Mm. is because you have these um these public very public figures who Mm. want to say and do the right thing in terms of how it makes them look to the public's eye and right now they can see that there's a big part of the public who doesn't want to a either get vaccinated or b mm. have to uh, disclose that they've been vaccinated to attend certain things, certain events, yes. certain places. So they're 
in a in a point where they probably normally not care and just yes. be like yeah whatever like uh, yeah i, I twist my ankle i've you know i've got a cold etc yeah. now all of a sudden that the public is on this one kick they're like well i'm gonna do this so it makes me look better and yeah i'm not saying that they all do that but i'm i would be not surprised if we found that that, that, that that's a big part of of why they do it and that's why that's why cele- that's why celebrities get involved in politics and why they get involved yeah. in everything that's going on it's like not because you know i think um a majority of the reason is because they want to look good um yeah. whether they believe what they're advocating or not um but i think yeah i think in this case i mean you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars and your life is literally on the front of every newspaper like you um i don't know you go to a strip club people know about it you're you're gonna sit there and tell me that you really care if people know that you've been vaccinated or not yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um and you i guess yourself uh learned what it's like to put something out there a couple of weeks ago on social media you mm. tried to find a bit of a ray of sunshine a silver lining uh yeah. and put a post up on social media or on facebook as yourself not as breaking the barrier but as andrew right and that was a little bit of an interesting experience, speaking of what people think about COVID and vaccinations and stuff in, in public. Yeah, well, so basically to give everybody a little bit of a backstory, um, I, you know, this was a when the government was starting to talk about the restrictions easing going into the four hours outside as opposed to two hours outside. Solely that. That's all I went in yeah. there. And I, I basically put into one of the uh, ultra running groups that Zach and I are part of. And I said, you know. Some good news, some light at the end of the tunnel. I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was yeah, I think you said literally that's something at least. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. I said, instead of two hours, it'll now be four hours. And that's I said something, that's something at, least. at least. And I figured in a in a in a group full of ultra runners who have probably been dying to get out there to yes. basically more than two hours. I thought that that was a nice little positive, and I got. I thought it was nice. I got attacked, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, there were people that were just saying things like, well, most of us are going out there for longer than two hours anyway, and or it's really actually not that great or blah, blah, blah. And they were just saying nasty things. Granted, I kind of bit back at one of the people who said we've been going out there for longer than two hours anyway. Mm. Uh, and I was just like, well, thank you for contributing to the problem, something like that. Yes. Um, but, you know, I was I wasn't trying to stir the bees nest or the or anything but then the one it was a hornet's nest bees are nice bees are these little fluffy things that's why i delayed i couldn't remember what the saying was hornets hornets um and so one of the moderators group wrote me a message look uh just so you know i I took down your post because it was getting really nasty in there so i had only seen a handful of comments so i don't know how many comments there were that i didn't see Mm. and i said to the guy i was like really he's like yeah we've just basically found that when it comes to stuff like that not talk about it and i was like all right fair enough man i was just trying to do something positive um but apparently yeah i mean there are a lot of people i mean and understandably so there are a lot of people in the running community that hate the fact that they can only get out there for two hours and you know they're fed up and everything but like i you, you would almost think that these people who get really nasty are they just put words into your mouth basically, or they call you stupid, or they think that you're the worst person ever to bring something up. Like, and I'm just like, yo, we're all kind of in this together, dude. The thing I found so 
interesting slash annoying with that response to your post is that this was the same group that a year or so ago when I posted my whole, hey, we're only allowed out for an hour every day, so I'm going to try and go as close to an hour every day as I can. And I think I put up one time that was like one hour and one minute something or other. And they attacked And you. they jumped on me then to say, how dare you go past uh, an hour? You're contributing to the problem. It was the exact same group. Now, not the same individual necessarily, mm -hmm. but that same group of runners was the one where, you're right. There was more than one or two people in that chain that I saw to your original post saying, well, we've been ignoring the two hour limit for whatever anyway. Like, so I think someone even posted along the lines of, well, no real runner is following that advice anyway, in terms of staying to two hours. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm a real runner. Yeah. I'm so and I'm doing mean? my bit. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just, it, 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 to your point, it like, it just goes to show you that there are people out there who just want to say something negative about it, no yeah. matter what it is, whether like you can agree with somebody until you're blue in the face and they will find it within themselves to find something to argue with you about. And yeah. it's like, why purpose? Like if somebody's like, if somebody's putting up a message that clearly is a positive message, why go out of the way to like put something negative in there? And I don't, I, I don't like, I'm not butthurt or anything. It's just, it's just, I see this a lot, mm. you know, like you go on and you see a meme, right. Where it's, yeah. it's something nice that somebody has done for something else. And so clearly the story is fabricated, but yeah. there are so many people who are like, that didn't happen. Or yeah. that's a, such a stupid lie. It's like, well, so what? Just mm. like, look at the story and just take it for what it is. It's a nice story. Like Goldilocks and the three bears didn't freaking happen. But you know, at the end of the story, they I don't know. I don't know. They, they, something porridge. Yeah. I think that wouldn't, I don't know that that had anything to do with anything, but uh, it's yeah. just like, be positive. Like, especially in the running community when I, and I'm not saying that uh, other people aren't affected, but I think athletes and people who pay strong attention to their fitness are hmm. up there in terms of suffering mental health issues yeah. because of everything that's going on so i'm not saying that there are other groups that don't i'm just saying that they are probably up there as well yeah. so it's like why would you not just try to be nice to your fellow runner why yeah. do you always have why do you have to segregate runners like and it what if it's if it's not covid it's speed like i've seen people oh. as in uh if you can't run a 5k in under 18 minutes you're not a real runner it's like what the fuck does that mean yeah, I'm convinced, like, we've been having this conversation offline for a couple of weeks now. Between your experience then and a couple of other things, I've been focusing more and more on the social media side of running lately. So mm. reading things on Facebook, reading things on Reddit uh, and so forth. I think social media and running is black or white. It yeah. is either super positive, super helpful, everything's great. You can see that when you jump onto something like Reddit slash running and someone's like, oh, I just got through my first 5K ever and people jump on and go, fantastic, that's great. And then it can be the complete opposite, which is people just being completely down and dark and getting on top of everyone and saying, you shouldn't do that and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, or it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like I just ran my first 5K in under 30 minutes. Well, big deal. Yeah. Who the hell are you to tell me? Well, big deal. Like, you don't know where I've come from. Yeah, exactly. You see that all the time. It's like, oh, we'll post when you do something faster or yeah. actually that's not a good time. You know, that's really, really slow. You should try this. Or um, the other problem is a, a lot of 
a lot of more experienced people, I don't get the feeling, are really posting on social media a lot because they've learned the experience yeah. of, hey, if you post on this thing, you're going you're gonna to get the worst of the worst. So it does seem like a lot of people posting on social media about running and their experiences do tend to be people that are more newbies. Yeah. And, that's, and so that's they're kind seeking of why... advice and they're seeking yeah. feedback and, oh, it can be ugly It sometimes. can be an ugly place. Like I rarely post on social media anymore mm. other than like Instagram yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of like why, like, if you look at my Facebook page, there's maybe one post every couple of weeks. If you look at the groups that I, I don't even post mm. in groups anymore, only yeah. very rarely. And that was a good example as to why. Yeah. Cause I mean, it, um, it's also like, you've got to be really careful about the advice you give people on yes. as well. Like we talk about that a lot. We're not doctors. No. Um, we're not, you know, you're a personal trainer. So you are at least more qualified than I am. I've got experience. That's sort of the, you know, if people can take something from what we say on this podcast and it helps them, then that's great. But as right. always, seek a second opinion, seek professional advice, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. But there's a lot of people online who will just offer unsolicited advice yeah, to people out I of the blue. I don't understand that. Like the advice that we offer is mm-hmm. based on a like um personal experience. Personal experience. It's generic. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. never that specific. Like it's it's a guideline, right? Like I'm yes. never going to say to you, if you can run a 20 minute 5k, you should definitely be able to run a three minute and uh, three minute, three hour and 15 minute um, marathon. Because truth <laughs> is, I don't know you based yeah. off of one run based off of your pace on one run. I don't know what your medical history is. I mean, so it's just, it's interesting. And like, I think going on to a podcast and talking about different ways of how to get better and different ways of how to improve your time. But again, we always, mm. it's just not going to work for everybody. There's always no. exceptions to the rule, as opposed to going into a specific person's, even if you have the nicest intentions, yep. like that, I'm like, bravo. Like, I love the positivity there, but yep. it's kind of a dangerous thing when you go in there and you say, well, because of this, then that that should work for you. I said, well, yeah. Well, look at the example we gave before, you know, I literally just finished talking about how um, I think within, within two sentences, I said, I just ran 110 kilometers in the last seven days. And I don't think I'm ready to run a marathon. And you were like, but for most normal people, 110 K week would be more than they'd run in training to do a marathon. So why don't you think it works? Well, for me and my body and my style, I know what I need and I know what I don't need versus someone else completely different. I didn't, I didn't actually say, why do you think I'm going to go back? I don't think I said, why do you think it doesn't work? Cause I know you not to ask that question. I know you're the kind of person that needs to at least run a full marathon or greater before an actual marathon race. Which is something we would never recommend for a normal no, person, no, unless we knew their personal circumstances. And I exactly, yeah. and as yeah. well as I know you uh, mm. and how you run, I would still because I'm not actually mm. I'm not a coach or I'm not yeah. in there. I would never say to you, you shouldn't run a full marathon before yeah. a full marathon because you'll hurt yourself. The only mm. time I would ever say that to you is if you were like in front of me, really sick and yeah. injured. I'd probably be like, probably don't do it, man. <laughs> Yeah, correct. So, yeah, I, I guess a lesson for all the listeners. Yeah, any advice you get on the internet, take it with a grain of salt. Mm. Um, be careful. You know, be careful offering advice and be careful taking mm. advice. You know, always get a second opinion, uh, sure. I think is the big lesson. Um, some people who should have got a second opinion, and this is teeing up on some stuff that we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was an event um, just the other day. Uh, 
now you need to tell me where is Quad Cities? I don't know. I've never heard of this place, Quad Cities. I've not heard of it. It's, it's American, so it's, it's somewhere uh, in America. Yeah, Quad Cities. I, I guess um, Washington I or it doesn't. I'm just naming places right now. Yeah, uh, it didn't say. I mean, there's they speak about the head of tracking cross country at Illinois in Illinois, maybe there, but I've, so maybe it's like, I don't know, Chicago, something or something. Uh, the, the, the reason we're talking about it folks uh, is there was a race just the other day where a couple of people who were leading the marathon and we're talking about in the final stretch of the marathon, uh, they were following yet again, another volunteer at one of these events uh, gets it wrong. And so, unfortunately, the two leaders of the event were taken off the route, um, which let the third person who was running behind them take the victory. Mm. Now, this happened for two reasons. One, the fact that they left the official route meant that they were disqualified. But secondly, because they left the official route, when they regained onto the track itself and finished the course, the person who had been running third was in front and they couldn't catch up. Right. And what it turns out in the meeting is uh, after the event, when he was interviewed, the person who came third said, it was pretty obvious where to go out there. So yeah. I don't know what went on. I was about 20 seconds back. So I kind of saw it happening, but I'm not going to shout. It's not my job. And I think that that's fair. I right. think that I, uh, okay. All right. This kind of you goes trick. <laughs> well this goes into that running community like if i see somebody if i'm on them with them and they're about to go the wrong way mm-hmm. i'm probably going to tell them don't go the wrong way yes but if i'm 20 seconds back and this is a competitive race and i'm obviously working really hard am i going to waste energy because those of you who are running a competitive race know how hard it is to talk let alone yell 20 yeah. seconds ahead which 20 seconds ahead, I'm going to say is anywhere from a 200 meters. meters two, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, 200 meters is in 20 that's seconds. That's pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking maybe a hundred meters. Maybe a hundred meters. Maybe You're right next to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's a, that's an Olympic quality. Mm. Uh, but the thing is though, again, if it's, because this goes back to, I think a volunteer also did the thing. And now you've got to figure out, okay, the sign says this, but the volunteer says that. What do I Yeah. Trust? Well, the race director is saying at the intersection where the incident happened, the course was well marked. The signage is well displayed. The runners attended a meeting the day before to get familiarized with its course. Um, it was on the two of them. Like the two of them followed the volunteer and volunteer did the wrong thing right but it's it's like we were talking about with that ultra marathon event uh, a couple of weeks ago that you know it's up to the competitors to know the course exactly it's up to exactly. the competitors to know where to go and it's a, um, it's, a, it's a tough thing because like i find myself going back to that and thinking again on it because it's like the like now that i've had some time to digest it and i see it's happened again it's like well okay yes yes i know the course but now on the day i have someone specifically telling me to go this way is it yes. something that was last minute changed because of some kind of obstruction yeah it's a t- like what do you like yeah what do you do like you get yeah i mean you yeah. just, i guess it's hard because these volunteers they do so much but it's like at the same time you know is that an excuse really it's like if the sign was that well marked why is the volunteer thinking yeah well yeah exactly 
at the moment, it's sort of like the volunteers devastated. The person who came third, the person who was coming third, who ended up winning, isn't talking about whether or not he should have should have shouted out. He's kind of denying all requests because a lot of people are jumping on him, saying, "Hey, you should have done the right thing." Uh, and then the race organisers themselves, because apparently these two athletes, um, they were from, I want to say Kenya. Yeah, they were from Kenya. Um, there's like, you know, there's money here for them. Mm. They're talking about $3,000 and $2,000 yeah. each. Yeah. Um, that's a significant amount of money for them um, to get. And that's been lost to them yeah, uh, and completely. Exactly. But, you know, my, my, my argument would be that mm. that's a significant amount of money to anybody. So if yeah. I'm... Again, I'm not saying that this is the right thing or not the right thing, but if I'm that guy that was in third place and yeah. I see this unfolding, it's hard. It's like, did I really win the race? Maybe because like any, where was it again? At what point in the race was this? Oh, like in the closing um, period, like not, uh, not far to go at all. Okay. Um, yeah. Because like what, you know, Halfway to the finish line. Okay, halfway to the finish line. So that's, that's thirteen half, miles. That's that's a, that's a so like hmm. really with that sort of distance in a race, and you're that sort of distance behind. Like I know twenty seconds, hmm. kind of like is a like a long time when you're running at speed. Yeah, but a lot can happen in that uh, yeah. last you know half of the race. So I would say, well, did I win? Uh, I don't know. Could I have? Sure. Yeah it's hard it's like it's really hard it's like i i wouldn't say i would say that none none of the blame would lie with the runners themselves yeah because again if i'm on the course even though i know the course and a volunteer is telling me to go this way i'm thinking okay i'm a i'm tired of shit i'm like i can't i can't think properly but the thing that's going through my mind in that moment is something probably happened they had to change the route here i go that's it. Yeah. I don't have time to analyze it because I'm too tired. There's yeah. too much blood going to my legs and not enough in my brain. I, I think it's, it's, um, we spoke about it uh, last time we caught up. We're just out of practice. We don't know how yeah. to run events at the moment. And people yeah. are just relearning how to do all this. I just want to like, again, if I go back to what I was saying before, I would love to get into the mind of that volunteer and be like, how could you send yeah. somebody the wrong way when it's so clearly marked? Yeah. What were you doing? Yeah. You know, and the person, all they can say is, I royally stuffed up. Yeah. And it's it like, happens. It's like, you know, mistakes yeah. happen. We all are human, but it's we like. We talked about that last time. Yeah. You know, this well meaning um, spectator convinced everyone that people should go a different way on the ultra marathon course and they missed out on and that's, a stack of time. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's kind of sucks because that was not a volunteer, was it? That was a spectator. No. That was right. a spectator who convinced everyone, who Jedi mind tricked everyone yeah. into saying, no, go this way. It cost a bunch of people a race. So in that case, if, and again, it depends. Are the volunteers wearing volunteer yep. style shirts or anything? If I'm, and if that's the case, and I see somebody who's not wearing that telling me to go this way, then yes, I place some of the blame on the runners. Yep. But if it's a volunteer of the race, I don't place any of the uh, blame on the runners. And if I'm the, and to be fair, they are, I think they are looking into trying to get some funding to award these yes. guys some money, which yeah. I think is kind of fair. Because it's kind of fair. Yeah, they, they've lost a lot of racing opportunities with the pandemic and races yeah. not being around. So they're trying to get them something else. But and I, I uh, think that that's yeah. good because really, if it's your volunteer that is telling somebody to go the wrong way, then you as the race yeah, are liable. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I, I think we're going to get a chance, though, to get back into running. I don't know if you've been noticing, but over the next four to six weeks or so, 
there is an absolute smorgasbord of major marathon events happening. We had the Berlin Marathon was just last weekend. Yep. This weekend, we've got London Marathon happening. That's correct. Next weekend, we've got Chicago and Boston back to back. A week or so after that, we've got Paris. And then after that, we've got New York, which a couple of people from last weekend's Berlin Marathon are intending to turn around six weeks later and run in New York as well. Which is nice. So we've had, we're having five of the six majors plus Paris yeah, within six say, weeks. Yeah, Uh which one is missing from there? Japan. Japan got cancelled. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's great. I think that that's really great. And I think, you know, I think for the um, the runners of the Melbourne Marathon <laughs> are going to look at this with some kind of hope. Mm. Still not, no, I just don't know that the Melbourne Marathon is going to go ahead. Well, these countries are far ahead of us in terms exactly. of their vaccinations and exactly. their, and also their attitude towards COVID in the community as well. Like they're much more tolerant of thousands of cases a day for a lot longer than we have been. Like we're You're still right. clutching our pearls at, you know, a thousand cases a day. Mm. Yeah, I mean, America, I don't think has ever done a lockdown. No. 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 They're just like, yeah, she'll be right. Oh, no, it's Australia. Mm. That's Australia. Um, Berlin was interesting. So I, I went and I, I paid for uh, a subscription, an online subscription for a couple of months just to watch all these races back to back. And it actually works out beautifully because most of these events are happening on the other side of the world on Sunday morning, which is Sunday evening our time. So it's actually a nice way to settle down at the end of the weekend is just yeah. throw on a marathon and watch a couple of hours. I love that. Um, I watched Berlin and they were really thinking that there was going to be a crack at the world record there, but it was very, very humid and they went out way too fast, way too fast. They ran the half marathon in 60 minutes, 48 seconds, wow. which is the fastest half marathon in a major event ever. Yeah. So people have gone faster than that for half marathon in the past, but not in the middle of an actual proper marathon. Sure. Um, so they went out way too fast and everyone just blew up and they ended up coming in like, you know, five minutes behind the world record. Oh, wow. Um, so but, but the record now is 201? 201, 40 odd seconds or something. Like a yeah, joke, that's, obviously. Yeah, that's the world record at the moment. But uh, Bekele, who was going after it in Berlin last weekend, he is two seconds behind the world record as his PB. And so he thought that he was going to have a chance to beat it this time, but just conditions were not right there on the day. He ended up finishing third or fourth, I think it was. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's also a nice foreshadow of our races that are all in December, January, and February now. Yeah, but- exactly. Getting ready for that. That's going to be interesting. Um, but this, um, so London's on this weekend, which is going to be really, really interesting. Um, I didn't realize this, but I always thought that with these major events, it was like prize money for first, second, third, and that was kind of what it is. London has gone a different way. They're trying to encourage the fastest marathon ever. So they're not just giving winning points. Um, The way it works if you're going to enter the London Marathon is if you're a super, super elite, they'll give you money to come and run the race. Hmm. And we're talking about the best of the best. Hmm. And then the actual finishing money itself, the first, second, third, is not much at all. Like it's actually not worth a lot. What they do is that every single person who runs a fast time, they're the ones who get these time bonuses. So, for instance, if you run between, if you run sub 202, so if you run less than two hours and two minutes, you get $150,000. And it doesn't matter if one person does that or 10 people does that. Every person that goes sub 202 gets 150,000. I'll see you there. 
Everyone that goes sub 203 gets 100,000. Everyone who goes sub 204 gets 75. Everyone who gets sub 205 gets 50,000. Um, that's, you know, what you get. The, the prize money itself, if you win the whole thing, it's 55 grand, which is still nice, but you can make as much as the winner. What if you, what if you win and go under that time? Because you they- get both. All right. Yeah. So I never want to hear any of these events say that they're running out of money ever again. Well, this is apparently this is very unusual. London's yeah. the only one that does this because uh, what happens is, and we saw this in Berlin. In Berlin, people went out, they ran the first half of the marathon, and then with three quarters of the race to go, once they got to the 30K mark, they were like, okay, now the race really begins. And they dramatically slowed down because it became all about, well, who was going to win this thing? Now what they're saying yeah. for London is, hey, I don't care if you're going to win or not. If you go sub 205, you're still going to make a nice amount of money. So keep running as fast as you can. Where does the funding for this come from? Um, all the people that were registered that didn't get the race and weren't refunded? Yeah, probably all these damn virtual runs we've been doing for the last two <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, it's you've got to remember it's the Virgin Money uh, London Marathon. So this is Richard Branson's cash. Oh, so yeah, you know, he's got enough to spend on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, they, but they really just want as fast event as possible. And, and this time in London, we'll be back. Last year in London, we were in the closed circuit. Yeah. This year, we're going to be back on proper London, running through the London streets. I feel like if again. they had that much money, because you can't tell me that there's, I mean, look, who's really going to, who's going to do that time, right? But if you've yeah. got that, you must have money set aside to do that. And I'm yes. going to say, if you've got anything less than $2 million solely for that, yes, you're probably just being really either brave or stupid. I'm not yeah. sure it's kind of one of the same. So if you've got that much money, I would say put it toward having more than just the one event so that more people can go to it because we yes. miss these events so much. Like to have the, have the main event, but then if somebody wants to run the London marathon or a marathon, have another event um, like a month later for those yeah. other people who can't be there or because of numbers or whatever. I think that that would be, don't get me wrong. If I'm somebody who's able to run a sub two Oh two marathon, I'm all for this plan. Yeah, but since I'm not, I'll complain about it instead. Yeah, well, potentially, if you were to win this event and beat the world record, you would walk. By the time you accumulate all of these different things, like the winner's money, going under 202, breaking the world record, setting a course record for London, if you were to do all of those things, you'd walk away with three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Life changing amount of money. Not bad. Imagine, imagine if you're that. And we were literally just talking about a couple of Kenyan runners who were look who were. By missing out on three thousand dollars, oh, that's a significant amount of money for them. Imagine you get turned the wrong way. I oh my goodness! I'd sue. I would sue so hard. Somebody would. You would sued. have to. Yeah. I mean, but that's the difference, obviously, between London Marathon and the Quad City Marathon. The Quad City yeah. Marathon is relying on little flags on poles. Yeah, London exactly. is barricaded for the entire forty-two k's. And I know where the London mm. Marathon is. Yeah, exactly. In Greece, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Once I'm going to watch that this weekend, and then next weekend, Chicago and Boston back to back. That's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. There's got to be people who are going to do both. How far are Chicago and Boston from each other? Is it possible? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's not that. I mean, it's a short plane ride away or a long car ride away. Okay, so if you do Chicago in the morning, then jump on a that afternoon, jump on a plane, fly to Boston. You could run Boston the next day. You could, yeah, yeah. you definitely could. Certainly, mm. when they're on possible, it'd be like. I don't know. It's like us going to New South Wales. It's possible. Okay. It's All right. Interesting. Yeah, not that far. So someone will definitely do it. Yeah. It's 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 under. I I'm so bad at geography, but it's definitely it's it's under a three hour plane ride. 
Okay. I'd say it's probably closer to two, if that. All right. Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing that as, you know, every single person in the Boston Marathon, they're like, and this person just ran in Chicago last day. And then the commentators, as they always do, talk about the time that they ran two marathons <laughs> back to back because that's all they, they do. Listening to these marathon commentators is like going to your uncle's place and letting him put a slideshow on and him just showing you photos from his history for like three hours. They Actually, just talk about themselves. Listening to these marathon commentators is kind of like listening to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where they're like, just talk 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 yep somehow oh. they've spent an hour and a half talking about themselves and i don't feel that i'm able to go above and beyond <laughs> what i ever thought possible i think they are but i'm not listen go above and beyond get some quality couch time go if you're in australia if you if you're in america or london you're lucky because apparently over there they actually put this stuff on free to air yeah if you're here in australia you have to go buy a 45 dollar internet subscription to see this stuff yeah, so, i might because they they actually used to air this stuff on foxtel sport but it's kind of hmm. hard to find that now so i'm gonna try and well, it's because these these flow sports people have bought the rights here in australia so there's nowhere else you can see it unless you're getting into vpning and we don't have a sponsor for a vpn so we're not going to try and talk about that That's so right. yeah um hey one one last thing i wanted to throw at you um so i was reading an article today about you know we always love to understand the science behind what it is that we do and the science behind running and everything mm. there's a new article that has come out remember we spoke a while ago about how they'd done these studies that said that women were better suited to ultramarathons once ultramarathons get to like seriously crazy distances. Like I forget what the number was, but it's apparently if you're a woman, once we get to 361 kilometers, it's now it's your sweet spot because that's where women are actually have an advantage over men. Yeah. They, they've done another study that also had a look at the effects of marathon training on women. And apparently women's hearts are more efficient as a result of marathon training than men. Which makes sense, which makes yeah. sense because they, they obviously they acclimate to it better. And mm. was it something about the left ventricle that is, yeah. I think it was the left specific that, that acclimates better and it's more efficiently running after the marathon training. Yes, efficiency. That was the big thing. It's, yeah. it's um, because yeah, your heart is a muscle, muscles grow, they get bigger and thicker and that can be bad in your heart because then it creates greater pressure. Exactly. Women their hearts get stronger, but they don't get that same thickness, which means there's less wear and tear mechanically from the woman's heart as they, as they train and they pump the blood. Right. And so anybody who knows people who marathon and mm. both know a man and a woman who marathon, mm. you definitely, I know that I speak to men who have done a marathon and a, as opposed to a woman who's done a marathon, generally the woman pull, the woman pulls up better, the women yeah. pull up better than the men do, where the men are still kind of complaining about their pain a couple of days later and the women are just like back to normal. So yeah. like all of the, basically all of these researches that are being done are basically telling us that man flu does exist <laughs> <laughs> and it is scientifically proven. Yes, absolutely. It's also going to let us now customize training for women differently than men because we know that they respond to this right. as well. It, it's, yeah. it makes sense because for so long we've known that, yes, whilst strength mm. training for men and women can re mm. remain relatively the same, you do have to kind of do things differently for a woman's body to respond because of the different levels of a estrogen, the yes. lack of testosterone, uh, testosterone, <laughs> testosterone hello, is hello. the I'm phone the line that you call when you want to like lift uh, <laughs> testosterone um, 
I don't even know what I was saying, but yes, there needs to be a difference there. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is, I think you can definitely see when you go to any sort of normal marathon event and you get past the very, very, very front runners and you get back to those mid range runners, mm. you can definitely see there's a lot of blokes that are at the marathon that are just gutting it out yeah. and they're getting through just by, I'm just going to run through this thing. Yeah. And then they're probably on the couch for two days afterwards. Yeah. Whereas I would say women, they just tend to be more organized. They tend to be like, you know, the women who are running that mid-pack mid to the front, they're just more structured with what they're doing. There's less of them going, I'm just going to battle this thing out. You know, mm -hmm. once you get past the midpoint of the marathon, everyone's battling it out. But there's definitely a lot more blokes at the start, at the in the first half of the marathon who are like, right, I used to play footy three years ago. I can do this. I'm going to grit it out with a lot less training, whereas women just seem to be a lot smoother with it uh, when they're traveling that, that front of the race. Uh, and now science is telling us, hey, it's probably because the training they've done has benefited their cardiovascular system better um, than us blokes. Exactly. Hmm. So well the cardiovascular done. system, I'm going to go run to the door because my thing is wrong again. Really? Another doorbell? Yeah. Keep talking. All right. Well, whilst Andrew's doing that, I'm just looking at my board here. And we, we had actually talked about everything uh, that we want to talk about today. Um, one of the things I will talk about, uh, if you are listening to this and we're an hour in, it's probably time to refuel. Remember to check out our sponsor, Generation UCAN. Generation UCAN uh, has that patented super starch formula, uh, which is going to help you go stronger, better, harder, faster, higher, beyond whatever you ever thought possible. Um, it's the fuel that Andrew uses and I use it to avoid bonking when we go on our long runs. It trains your body how to use fat rather than carbohydrates. And, you know, as you know, a lot of us have a lot more fat stores than carbohydrate stores and carbohydrate stores get depleted a lot quicker uh, on a run. Uh, so if you can train your body to use fat as fuel, it'll help fuel you during your long runs and give you that sustained performance. And for listeners of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, you can go to Generation UCAN and enter the promo code Breaking the Barrier for 15% off your next order. Now, Andrew has a lot of their stock sitting on his dining room table because they were meant to do an event a couple of months ago, which didn't happen because of COVID. Um, we hope you won't get that stock. Um, it's fine. It's been sitting on his table. It's just a little bit dusty. Um, but if you do order from them, they'll send you some brand new stock. You can check out their bars, their powders, their gels, uh, and find something that works for you in your training. That's Generation UCAN, the smarter choice for healthy energy. I love that. That was nice. Yeah, was I nice. did that off the top of my head as well. Good job. What was your next package? My next package was my uh, uh, grocery delivery. Oh, um, okay. Do you know what I always do when I deliver groceries? Take your pants oh. off? Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Hello. Uh, do you know what I don't do? Well, firstly, that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, second, I don't put the groceries right in front of the screen door so that I can't open the door. Yep. I'm like... This is... Yeah. Yeah. This is what makes you a professional when it comes to this. Obviously. Like, I thought your little, I don't crumple the invoice when I put it in the bag. I smooth it out nicely and lay it flat. I thought that was a nice touch last time we spoke. Well, that's just and a bonus. You're thinking about screen door technology as well. Freaking A, man. I always analyze the uh, situation to make sure that I put it there in a safe, reliable, and fire escape proof. Not fire escape proof. We want to not proof fire yeah. escape. Forget it. Let's keep moving. <laughs> um, all right. So last thing I wanted to talk about. So we're recording this uh, during the day on Thursday because... Both of us have nothing to do right now. Uh, and also because I didn't want to record this evening because I want to go watch uh, one of my favorite reality television shows, Survivor. Yeah. Uh, do you watch Survivor? No. You don't. Do you know anything about Survivor? I kind of, yeah, I, I think I know the basic premise of it. 
it's kind of like cast away for real people yeah basically yeah, yeah. you got to survive 20 odd days 30 odd days with limited fuel and they do these challenges um the question i wanted to ask you we see a whole bunch of different athletes going on Survivor. We see ex-basketball players, football players, soccer players. Um, at the moment, there's a, an ex-football player and also a, a track star from university. I was thinking, though, if you were to build the perfect athlete for Survivor, wouldn't it be one of your Survivor uh, Spartan guys? Think about it. You've got the grip strength. You've got the climbing strength. You've got the running. The one thing you're probably missing is, is water stuff. Well, um, but here's the thing about that. Yeah. If you've ever run a Spartan, especially in Turidan, yeah. and it's really hot, you know that there is little to no water stations on that course. So you're, right. <laughs> you're going to be able to survive without water anyway. Oh, well, they do a lot of swimming stuff uh, in Survivor as well, where they actually swim out and rafts and things like that. Well, yeah, there's but, the, uh, depending on the race, uh, especially in the States, on the bigger races, there is there is uh, swimming involved. Is uh, there? Matter of fact... Um, Ah, what's the uh, the uh, big bear has a swimming section, which is interesting because that's generally up a mountain where there's snow and it's freezing cold. Wow! So it's like you know, super aggressive wartime triathlon because you're throwing yeah. spears, you're swimming, you're doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking about it because I was talking to my wife and I always talk about how we would go on Survivor, and I of course always say that I would win. Um, but I was thinking in terms of the physical challenges, I just don't think my puny upper body strength of a runner would be anything compared to you Spartan blokes and girls and what you can do out there and what you would be able to do. So, 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 so tell our listeners if they are interested in joining, going on Survivor uh, or even just sort of getting back into a Spartan event, what can they do uh, for that, Andrew? Well, good news for that. A, firstly, uh, the Spartans here in Victoria have officially been rescheduled to December 4th and 5th for the Spartan Turden and February 23rd, 24th. I'll have to check those dates, go onto the website, check those dates uh, for the Spartan and Bright. So if you're wanting to look at taking part in those, of course, Spartan being the race that challenges 100 million people off the couch and into the obstacle course to prove to themselves what they are made of. If you want to do that and you want to train for Survivor, you can visit the Spartan Race Australia website, use the coupon code SUPERMAN for 15% off of any race. If you have more than five people, make sure that you message me and I will get the admin fee waived as well and make sure that you, you show up. It's, it's going to be a great time. I'm very excited to see how it goes. So again, if you are, if you do have tickets for the Spartan tour, then make sure you check your email because those uh, new tickets would have been sent out to you either yesterday, today, or tomorrow. And same thing with bright. I'm not sure that those tickets have been sent out, but the dates have been rescheduled. So again, visit the Spartan race website, Use the coupon code SUPERMAN. Early bird pricing is also available at the moment, and I hope to see you there. Excellent. Have you got your support crew ready for Bright? Uh, no. Okay. I'm, well, I've got I'm... Aaron. I've got Aaron. Yeah. But the thing about the support crew for a Spartan Ultra is there is not one. So you, you're you basically just out there. You don't get that. You've got the drop box, drop yeah. bag in the middle. Uh, but I And due to the nature of Bright, it's not like I won't be able to see at some point probably every – it, I'd say every hour or so I'm, I'm down near where everybody is in the race festival anyway. Yeah. So I'll have Erin. Okay, good. <laughs> no pressure, Erin. No, none, none at all. She's going to have to keep me going. So yeah, uh, I'm really excited about that. Again, I'll probably start training for that again somewhere in November. Yep. Um, well, I'll just be peaking my training for um, Yu Yangs and uh, Melbourne in November. So we'll definitely be able to get out there and smash a few long runs. Yeah. Uh, and 
I, I think I, this is actually kind of like a reprieve for me because, because I haven't been able to get a lot of long runs on anywhere away from my house. Once I can, as long as everything opens up a little bit more, yeah. I'm going to make sure that most of my long runs are actually on the trail somewhere rather than the flat ground. So I won't be yeah. so much worried about time as I will just be um, yeah. getting, getting the distance on some kind of terrain that is not. Assuming flat. that like November 5th is the day where we were allowed back into regional Victoria, which for me means getting back to Yu Yang's. I yeah. swear I'm going to be at Yu Yang's three times a week. Yeah. Like I can see myself just being there three times a week, just running trails, running hills, you know, trying to, you know, you can't cram for an exam, but I can at least get like a couple of quality weeks. If I can get the first two to three weeks of November mm. quality trail running in, then that will set me up for that second week uh of december like that's any less than that and you kind of there's no point no your well, body won't actually benefit from it exactly so mm. i'm hoping to get out there at least twice a week so i'm like hoping yeah. to get my long run out there and a speed workout out there yeah like you know um and then say if i'm running five days a week my other three days would just be real easy mid to eh, I, i'd say i'm going to start putting in some at least one other day where I run more than 12 to 15 kilometers. Yeah. So I, cause I, I don't know that I'm going to put any more than an 80 to 90 kilometer week on myself because yep. I've never benefited from going that much. That's always put me in more of a risk for injury than anything else. Yeah. As much as I would love to have that feather in my cap, I just don't think for me it would work. Um, just spit playing on the safe side. I'd rather go in there a little bit, under where I should have been and just kind of like really. No, you're not injured. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. You know, I, cause again, with a Spartan freaking ultra, I'm not racing it. Uh, even no, though I'm just trying to get through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to try to get through it. Um, and I'm going to say, I'm going to try to do it. And for those of you who can't see this, I'm talking to my dog. That's why the voice. Yeah, changed. absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to do it in under, I think uh, eight hours and I'll be happy with that. That'd be amazing. That'd be a great result. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to try and do this 105 in. I, I've just kind of got 20 hours and anything under 20 hours would be great right now. I'm thinking yeah. just, you know, given I'm probably only going to have like, like tomorrow, I'm going to get out. I'm going to do some hill repeats um, just to try and build up something under the legs. Mm. But honestly, if it's, what are we now? End of September. If it's another six weeks before I can get out onto actual trails and hills again, um, it really is just going to be a question of turn up, not injured, and just gut it out. Yeah. Uh, and just and try not to break myself at Yu Yang so much that Melbourne a week later is an absolute terror fest. Good idea. Assuming it goes ahead. Assuming it goes ahead. Yeah. Well, one thing that will go ahead is that we'll be back again in a week or so to talk about whatever else has happened in the world of running and fitness and sport and COVID. And hopefully we're a little bit further down that path towards being unlocked and unleashed. God bless us all. Yeah or somebody <laughs> right on. Yes. Well, exactly. So until then, everybody just make sure that you're staying positive. You know, when you're on the social media, just make sure that you are having good things to say. If somebody says something nice and if you don't agree with it or you have nothing to say, that's going to benefit them in any way. Don't say anything at all. Cal, are you okay? I'm doing a thing here. Um, it's really itching. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Make sure that you're not giving unsolicited advice because it's not, you know, whilst it does come from a good place, just be careful. Check yourself before you wreck someone else. That's not how the saying goes, but, you know, 
Um, and make sure that you're keeping a, a watchful eye open for all the races that are coming up. And I hope to see you out there while you are racing on something that we have here locally in Melbourne. And if I don't see you out there, I hope to talk to you on the gram or the Facebook, where of course you can find us at Breaking the Barrier on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Melbourne Superman on Instagram, where you can inquire about life coaching and personal training and all that good stuff. And Zach, you can find out doing his 100K weeks and going yeah. above and beyond what he knows. I'll come here and tell you about it on this podcast. I don't exactly. do anything else. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> Well, look, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where Zach and I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible, and we will catch you next time.